All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weavey. Brian Shesko. What, what's with the oh yeah? Why not? <laughs> Could have been all right. Oh yeah? New, new podcast, new intro. I like it. Look, just trying to shake it up. Oh, well. I think we already did that enough with changing our name, okay. but that's all right. That's all good. We are FPL America. Uh, many of you have been listening to us for years under the name Fantasy Soccer FC, and we're glad that you've continued to stay with us. We hope that our new name, FPL America, better embodies what we are as a podcast sure. and helps us find new listeners as we uh, look to expand in this season and seasons to come. It begins right now with these episodes that you're listening to. Uh, this is our big opening week of the new season. But of all the episodes that we are releasing in our opening week under FPL America, I am most excited about the one that we are about to do. So the 31st, Scott, we're going to have a blast of three three episodes, right? Yep, that's right. This one, though, is our, our season preview for this the is most the, part. This is the anchor episode. This is the one where we are going to go through our different teams and confess our teams to one another and work through the issues that are in the way of what we actually want to do and, and maybe maybe come out of this with better teams than what we had when we started. I hope so, because looking at my team, I know there will be changes already. Uh, and I don't feel great about it, but you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to having you, te- you two tell me how bad <laughs> this team really is. Well, in addition to going through our different lineups and, and, and discussing that and, and making that kind of the, the core of, of what this episode is about, which we have, we have no doubt you'll enjoy listening to because you're doing the same thing with your lineups too. I know that you are, and I'll come back to that in just a second. But we're also going to go through how you can continue to stay with us when you're not listening to our episodes, uh, the different ways that you can still find us on social media, what we're going to do differently in the new season because every year we look to improve our podcast in different ways. Later in this episode, most importantly, you're also going to get the code that you need to join the FPL America Podcast League. And so make sure that you're listening for that. We're going to give you that information because if you're listening to this podcast, we want you to play FPL with us too. Scott, we'll also post the code on our uh, our webpage. That's right. Right? We'll get to – yep, okay, yep, sure. absolutely. Okay. We'll get into that later on as well and how you can make sure to get that information wherever you need it. We are recording this just hours before the Community Shield kicks off. Your club, Dave, and my yes. club. We're gonna, I'm going to hopefully learn a little bit about mine. We already know about yours. I think we do. I think we do. The only questions I have is who's going to play. But, uh, but that's absolutely true. So we're sitting down here recording this just a couple of days before you hear it, before that Community Shield kickoff, and, and roughly two weeks, actually right at two weeks before the actual start of 
the new season. And so we're going to go with the information that we have right now, but things are changing on a daily basis. You know that. We know that. And this new season has some very unique challenges, which I have no doubt are going to come up as we discuss our different lineups. So I think that sets up everything we need to set up for this episode. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, I think so. Let's get on to the team shaming. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, we'll start with Dave. Dave. Yes. Give us your lineup as we sit here today. So a couple things as as I was making the lineup, uh, one of the first things I wanted to do was kind of avoid carryover. Okay. It's easy to. Interesting. So it feels like last season was two seasons. You had the pre- Restart, and mm-hmm. then you had the restart, right? Project restart. Yeah. And I think once everyone realized, once you got into Project Restart, it almost was like its own little mini season. Sure. Because thing, teams weren't did not have the same chemistry. Things were not the same. There was nothing the same about Project Restart. Everything had changed, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is now in the same calendar year, almost like a third mini season and or third season. And, and, and I'm, so, so you've already said something I disagree with. It's the it's, break. Uh, let me jump in here. The the break between Project Restart, near the end of last season and the yes. start of the season, is it roughly half the time of the COVID induced break? Totally understand that, and that's a good point. My point is this: there is signings, and anytime there's any sub- part of significant break, uh, guys pick up injuries, chemistry changes. Guys, right now, I mean, look, the window doesn't close till October fifth. True. If unless I'm wrong, so. So this first like six weeks of the season, it's gonna seem a little awkward, and, and and maybe maybe when you get down to it, nuts and bolts after it starts, it's just gonna be four. We have two weeks till the start of the season. Yeah, but transfers can happen. They but, will happen, right? And they so, absolutely will happen. I mean, just you know, again, I, I think I don't remember if I said it earlier, but Leeds United has signed a, a striker that when we recorded mm-hmm. the club promoted club pod. That wasn't a signing, so right. that it's already dated information. Yep. By the time you hear this, it will probably be dated information. <laughs> Things are changing so fast. Sure. Anyways, but I also want to kind of, you know, I had read this somewhere and I kind of liked it. Um, forgive me if I'm, if I'm, I can't remember who I who I read it from, but it was someone smart, Brian. Yeah, we, we try to credit smarter our, than me. We try to credit sources. Their opinion was, hey, tailor the game kind of after your personality. Like after your, you're like at, your indiv- like your own almost after yeah almost kind of after your, your play person. like Dave sort of like yeah like in other words like that's gonna be comfortable to you like there's so many different ways to manage fantasy Premier League Embr- so, embrace being the lovable underachiever yes <laughs> so, so true exactly that's, I couldn't have said it better <laughs> is that what the guy said uh, it was me did he, did, he, did he put your name in parentheses at the end of the sentence. Anyway, so let's let's we'll dive into this. So, I literally today made about four changes to my lineup after mm. I, I was up, you know, trying to be responsible, doing some extra prep work, and I really like Southampton's start to the schedule. Okay, and I also love Hasenhutel. I love the way that he had his team in Project Restart playing. Oh yeah, uh, and I love for nothing. Uh, th- exactly. They, they had nothing to play. They played for. really great, and no one for wanted. To, no one wanted to play them. I like. I like it when Danny Ings is healthy. Surprisingly, Danny Ings played a lot last year and was hurt less last year uh-huh. during over the entire calendar year than he ever has been prior in his in his career. Certainly in years. So I'd like to think that a Southampton team going forward with the schedule that they have. Um, is going to have some early season success. They start off at Crystal Palace, home to Spurs, at Burnley, home West Brom, then they're at Chelsea. Yes, 
that's not the greatest, but I'm just telling you that Haas and Hoodle's got this team playing okay. So I didn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable spending a lot of money at goalkeeper. And also, I kind of want to bank some money so I can get some United and or City players after week one. Yeah, I'm not ready to just blast in and wild card, Scott. And maybe that happens, but I, I just wasn't comfortable spending all my money right away. And last year, I kind of prepared for like the first eight weeks of the season with my lineup, and it worked okay. You're not a planner, though. No, it, it wasn't great. So what That's I not your personality. I literally, I literally am yeah. doing – what I am doing literally – Right now is just for week one. And then after week one, we'll get through it and see what happens. Interesting. So are you spending all 100 pounds? No, I'm not. I'm spending, I literally have spent 97 pound dollars. You feel okay with three pounds in your bank going into game week one? Yeah. So, so, so I have, uh, and, and we'll get into my midfield in a minute. I have a couple of midfielders that this will allow me to go directly to other people if I want to, whether, and bring in United and, and City players if I want to. So starting off in the goal, I got I don't have much money there. I got Alex McCarthy, and then I have David Button, the famed David Button 4-0 extraordinary. David Button, like that backup goalkeeper spot should just be named after him, right? Yeah. Like, the for but, the for button, seasons. The buttonhole. <laughs> yes. Well said. That from now on, who's in the buttonhole, Brian? It's it's David, button. it's David Button. The button is in the buttonhole. <laughs> you imagine? I can only imagine. So, Scott, that's my back line. Do okay. you guys have problems with that? No. no I, I don't well, like I mean, your backup goalkeeper, but uh, that's fine. Okay. No, the, if you're going to spend nothing on your second goalkeeper, I mean, we talked about Nyland. Nyland. We should get. We should nail that down. The goalkeeper for Aston Villa, who it, it's either him or Jed Steer, barring some other signing for Aston Villa right. to start the season. So. But you know I, that's a that's more of a news of a news factor. I've, you you know that so, they, David Button has no chance barring injury to Matt Ryan, which is why if he's owned a ton, it's it that's why it's always odd to me to see that because well, he has no chance of no being, chance of starting. So right. you know what you know what Brian, I'm going to make that change right now because right, honestly, right. I, like even looking at like, looking at ownership, uh, it's it David Martin, the backup goalkeeper for West Ham, is owned almost eight percent. And what chance does he have of starting over Fabianski? Zero. So it's just one of those things when I look at when I look at people's like ownership. It's just like there are guys who have a shot at starting, and Nyland is owned appropriate. All right, so he's at almost twenty percent. Well, no, isn't the danger too like you know David Button's at over six percent ownership? If if a bunch of people are you know starting with the same backup goalkeeper. And then they change their minds. Isn't there a chance that that'll become a three point nine price, and you've lost a tenth on your backup goal? Definitely keeper? do not want to lose a tenth on the buttonhole, Brian. Ever. No. Okay, so hold on. Breaking <laughs> yeah, news: I just changed my buttonhole. Oh, great! It is now <laughs> okay. Nyland is in the buttonhole. All okay? right. And because, no, no, it We're just makes more sense. Start. High well, five, Brian. Yes, we did it. No, no, it, it yeah. way, makes way more sense. Look, buttons. What percentage owned is like fifteen percent or something? David I mean, Button is owned six point two percent. I okay. just said that, so okay. you're not listening. I, to well, me. I, I, was, I was, I he was, I was making the change. Making I was the change. change. You, you were busy in the buttonhole. It's fine. Sometimes you got to do work in the buttonhole. That's where I was. I did it. I am now have Nyland in the buttonhole. I regret this. This is deep, great. Deep. We have All right. Deep we have moving on to, moving on to my far. defense. Yeah. Okay. Defense. All right. I love in Brian's article. He couldn't have said it better when he said uh, that 
if you were comfortable having Trent Alexander-Arnold at a 7-7, why wouldn't you be comfortable having him as a 7.5 in your team? So here's my devil's advocate question, or uh, answer to that okay. question. Because this year you want more money in your midfield. Fine, but look at the percentage of points, his points per pound, over guys that were close to him. Listen, it was significant. That is That question... That answer to that question is all I've got. I have got no further argument okay. about owning Trent Alexander. Right. My, no, and, no, sure. And as FPL America, the Defender article argues, the to me, other than prejudice against his name, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, the only the only other thing I can see is, like Scott said, you you want someone more expensive, so you're making a sacrifice. How many people are going to go with? No Liverpool defender to start the season. I don't know, man. Seems like madness to even consider that strategy. However, if you do that and you go all cheap goalkeepers, I mean, just think, if you do that and you make your most expensive goalkeeper, even if you're most expensive, say it's Tierney. Say say I'm going to start the season, first two weeks of the season, Karen Tierney is going to be my most expensive defender. Did I say goalkeeper? I don't remember. I, I feel like in, I feel like my my short term memory there said I said goalkeeper. That's two pounds that you save. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if that's your strategy, is that I'm going to load up on midfielders and forwards? You make up so much money by not having him. I just think it's an odd strategy considering Liverpool's schedule and what you know of him. The one guy is Robertson to me. Virgil, you look at Virgil, you, we know what he did last season. His points overall were, were, it was high. Yeah. But how many people had him and, like how many people are considering him and Alexander-Arnold? Well, so him it, and Robertson. Right. Well, That's, that is so much money. Gomez. I know, but I, like, I would go, if you're going to go with one of those guys, then, then I'm adding Gomez into that. Uh, assuming he starts. Scott, he's starting, right? Why would Gomez not be starting? Tip, uh, you'd have to assume Next that he to VVD. Is. Yeah, yeah. Barring injury, I think Joe Gomez is going to be playing. Yes. Okay. So, barring so, injury at a 5-5, if you want two Liverpool guys, that, for me, that's like, boom, that, there you go. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting with Virgil. You know, we remember last season, if he scores a goal, you're thrilled because that's unbelievable. If you get a defender who scores a goal ever, that's just an amazing moment sure. for you. I'm just thinking Alexander Arnold, and th- this is the for you as a as a Arnold value guy. Yeah, sure. Which value does you know it does factor in here? I think a little bit. Just that Alexander Arnold's he he can't go up that much. He's already owned almost sixty percent to start 56. the season. I know, I know. And Andy Robertson is owned eleven percent. I know for for a half pound cheaper for a guy who two seasons ago. They flip-flopped point totals from 2018 to 2019. Robertson was the 200-point guy two seasons ago. And Robertson, I, we all, I think everyone would say, feels a, a underachieving last season. He came on at the end of the season. Yeah. So I'm just saying, no, like, there, I, to fair. me, if, if you see any, if there's any sign that Robertson is playing into two season ago kind of sure. form, or if their points are similar. It's an easy jump. Oh my goodness, he has, but he has room to grow a ton. Yeah. So, all right, so I got, I got in my defense, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Next expensive is is Hector Bellerin, and I don't, 
I'm not completely sold on this, and, th and this is as Arsenal fan. I'm kind of going to watch today, see how things kind of go. I literally don't know, and I absolutely could make a change here. I did have, up until this morning, Doherty in my team. The fact that he is now going to Spurs, I, he, I have already eliminated him. Who knows what his role will be going to a new team. You are not more sold on Doherty I No, look, when, when players change teams, everything changes. So there's no way that that's a carryover. Only with strikers, I think, does that sometimes happen. But with with who knows what his role is going to be? Okay, so here's my question then. So I get it. You're building for game week one. I respect that. How fast would you move to Doherty if things are going well? It will it will just depend on how well they're going to have to go. I mean, he literally last what three years or two years with with Wolves has been just absolutely almost a must own. I again, I just it's everything will be new. Mourinho's a Mar defensive manager. Mourinho coach, I know, but he's been playing offensive, and that's why we've loved him. Yeah. So I just don't know how Doherty at Spurs will work. Did I say? I probably said it wrong. Moving on. Anyway, so uh, rounding out. So Bellerin. Well, hold on. Why Bellerin? Um, Homer pick. Uh, I wanted a little bit piece of Arsenal's defense, and I know what you. I know when you look at this schedule, like there's not the greatest schedule. No, for the first two I weeks. I just think they're going to. You like Fulham and sure. what you you like Fulham for sure. Sure. You, West Ham at home at least. Right. But that's a that's not. I don't know. For that the that's first a, two a weeks, shoe in. I like Arsenal's chances of getting clean sheets. So. If I'm I only like looking, Hector Bellerin in real life, but I've never been happy with him in fantasy. So in the restart, he was really good. Arsenal's defense in the restart was good. So uh, the more time they've had with Arteta, uh, the better they get. Now they've added in some young guys, well, uh, some young center backs, and we'll see how they get filtered in. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, I got Egan. I want a little bit part of Sheffield's defense. So I got. Wait, Egan. can I wait? Can we stop one one quick question, Dave? This can be a short answer. Everyone is going to William Saliba. He's four and a half. Yep. He has one short clip of highlights that Arsenal asked everyone's opinion of what they thought of his performance within the last week. Really quickly, everyone is moving to William Saliba. Four and a half. He is in your Arsenal defense. Arsenal seem to really like the guy. Uh, he doesn't, and it seems like he's he's. How I guess how sure how sure of a thing is he? Is it worth the? Uh, is it worth the? His hotness right now. Yeah, very possibly. And I think to start the season, David Luiz is going to start along alongside him. Uh, he's young, but he was been starting for Saint Etienne in Ligue 1 for the last two years. So it's not like he hasn't been playing at somewhat of a top level as much trash as I talk about uh, Ligue 1. Mm -hmm. So so that it's not going to be anything new to him. But look. We all know that the Premier League is different. New league, new team. I I don't know. I, I think Arteta is going to protect him. I think he's going to set a lineup up to get him in there, yet still sort of try to protect him. I don't think they're going to try to you know, throw him out there and yeah, just feed him, feed him to the wolves. Pairing him alongside David Luiz really protects a guy. Uh, <laughs> but but, but you're, what, fair, Scott, what but. you're saying is that it's not enough for you to say, I'm going to make him my Arsenal defender choice. I because I, I, I would say I would say the same thing. He's a center back. Bellerin saves you 0.5 off of Tierney, and he's 0.5 more than an unproven uh, than than a center back who you, right now we're really not sure what his role is going to be. Exactly okay. right. I and, I, I and understand that. I understand the. I think look. I think Tierney outscores Bellerin on the year. Assuming Bellerin's there, there's rumors that he could be sold. So again, there's a lot of things in flux. <laughs> uh, John Egan, uh, I got. I wanted a little bit part of the Sheffield uh, defense. Yeah, and then. Um, 
I went with Kyle Walker Peters. Okay. From Southampton, just because I I, I like the I'm I'm a Southampton beginning of the season believer, and I wanted a part of their defense. So and I didn't want to spend a lot of money there. Moving to the, any problems Who, with that? Who's your fifth defender? Uh, Luke Ailing. Oh wow! Okay. From Leeds. Brian sold you on our. Brian sold episode. me, but Brian, you know what really sold me? He's got three first names. His real name is Luke David Ailing, <laughs> oh, and they call yeah. him Bill. So, <laughs> how can you not own a Luke Bill David Ailing? Great, great info. Also, Scott, he's yeah. from the Arsenal. He was Arsenal Academy product. Oh, Homer again. Uh, why not? Why not Stuart Dallas? Uh, because he's not an Arsenal uh, <laughs> Academy product. No, look. Thank you for your honesty. So a couple things, Scott. Ailing passes the eye test. He's six one, a little bit taller. They they he's a little bit more. Uh, they 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 feel good about moving him up to the defensive midfield sometimes, and they're moving him forward a little bit more than Stuart Dallas, who's a more of a standard uh, fullback. So Ailing's a little bit more flexible. That they like to move him around a little. Now bit. you're going to sit Ailing on your bench for at least a month, right? Yes, he's not starting week one. Lead schedule is murder at the beginning. Ailing's of the season. not starting week one, but I think he could end up having some week value. two. Against Fulham, sure. Sure. But then you're sitting him again until week six. Probably. So here's the thing. I, I already have two guys in two positions in my midfield and striker that probably won't be playing at all. So I didn't want to have three guys. I wanted at least, if I needed a sub, at least I got one guy on the bench to start the season to come off the Why bench. do you have guys who aren't going to play at all just because you're, you're just – Well, I, okay, so we can jump to midfield. We'll start at the yeah. bottom. I got Dale Stevens from Brighton. So that's just like – I'm going to fill out my bench with a guy that's not going to play, but he's super cheap. He has cheap. a chance. Dale Stevens super has cheap. played before, and he's cheap for Brighton. Okay. Um, but I'm not expecting Dale Stevens to play. You didn't spend any money on Dale Stevens, so you're you're saving it for something I, else. I was picking a bottom feeder. All right. He, All he's, right. He's, he's, Brian, we like to call him an enabler, right? Absolute enabler. going to enable me to spend more money in my midfield. I got a Bommy Yang. Okay, so you go back up to the top of yep. the midfield. All right, got Salah. Salah. Why not yep. Mane? Why Salah? This will be the year that Mane destroys him because I actually went with Salah. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, honestly, I just went for the jinx. I'm trying to jinx it's Salah. Every, you're going every other. Salah two years ago, Mane last sure. year, Salah I'm just this going year. for the jinx. In even-numbered years when seasons start, Technically, it's Salah. Salah outscores Mane. So if they're at least by a little bit. And now they're so, the same price. And now they're the same price. So I feel like Salah's Oh, the all right, good. Ken Ming's son, Brian. How can you not? He's a 9-0. Right. I felt really, really good about having him there. Um, any problems with that, Scott? I mean, no, you, there's nothing to say about Aubameyang and Salah other than preference, right? I mean, Nothing else except you're missing a midfielder. Okay. Well, I, I still got one more left. Yep. Any problems with Son? So far, so good. Scott, Son? No, no my, the only issue with Son is what if, if it's the Son we saw at the end of the season with Harry Kane somehow kicking in goals from 30 yards away every match, it, it – it knocked some of the shine off of him. And that's okay. no, absolutely no pun in any way intended on the name Sun to Did say the just, word shine. You got the shine knocked off the sun? That's kind of hard to do. What well, I'm well, saying is, Sun, there were so many matches where it's like, yes, if Sun is going to be this attacking and we're going to see, you know, we're going to see this, the Spurs finally start to click a little bit, and then he gets an assist. You know what I mean? Where there's like, you know, there there were moments at the end of last season where I think you expected more, and he just it it he just sat a little deeper. He didn't get nearly as much involved in the opponent's penalty area as sure. you would hope, 
not quite as many shots, but his overall points in the restart were pretty good. Sure. I mean, he did. He ended up as one of the top scoring players, you know, probably in the top fifteen or something like that for the restart. So, I think that's. I think you know his preseason form has been electric. Sure. So I, I mean, I, I think he's very, uh, he's rightfully popular as a midfield choice. I love Spurs, and his price dropped. Yeah, I sure. mean, that's the part right. that's like, sh- that's, it's Sun, and his end, his start price is less than it was at the end so of the season. So I like Spurs start of the season, home to Everton, out at Southampton, home to Newcastle. I and I know what you guys are saying. Like, well, you just said you love Southampton. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't love Southampton second week when they play Spurs. And that's why I already made it. Uh, you know, now that I have N- Nealon Nyland mm-hmm. in the buttonhole, I can start him home to Sheffield, and then I can also start Ailing second week uh, with, uh, against Fulham, sure. and then sit Kyle Walker Peters. So, right. like, I have a plan in place at least for the first two weeks. And for God's sakes, that's all we can literally plan for at this moment. Sure. So, anyways, Scott, you're looking for that last fifth midfielder. I feel like this is a must own, and I'm not the only one as his ownership. I it, honestly now that I'm looking at it, it should be higher. It is Alan Saint Maxim, right? Yeah, Saint Maxim uh, from Newcastle at a five five. Love the, love him at that price. Uh, I feel like everyone should have him in your team. Like if there's one guy fourth or fifth midfielder, depending on your strategy, I can't argue with that at all. No, Especially I've, with like, I don't know if you said this, but West Ham and Brighton are their first two opponents. Yeah, that guy could score. Two or three goals no. to start the season. He is, he is, he and Traore are two guys that 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 make people look stupid because of how fast they are. They are phenomenal, and what is not to like about that? I don't think there is anything. Moving into my strikers, uh, it's feel like it's kind of boring. Okay, it's not exciting. I got Danny Ings mm-hmm. at an eight five. Jordan mm-hmm. Ayew at six zero, and then a Keenan Davis at a four point five. Okay. That is boring. A little boring. And I understand that, but, like, I don't, you know, City's not starting, so there's no point in Aguero. Martial's off the table. Arsenal now, Aubameyang's not there, so, you know. I mean, yeah, I could go with, with there's plenty of other guys to go with. Um, at the same price, I thought about Jimenez with Wolves, but I'm like, man, Southampton's start to the season is good, and a healthy Ings, what, what what he finished like fourth or fifth last year in striker scoring, forward scoring. So I'm so, like, yeah, give so me some your, Ings. What's your formation then? Because you're you're not playing more than one forward in that lineup, are you? Yeah, I'm. It's a it's a four four two. Jordan Ayew is starting. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Um, Palace's start isn't horrible. No, they're, it's not. They're yeah. They start by playing Southampton. I mean. Yeah, the, I mean, the club you keep saying has a great, great schedule. Understood. Look, look, but everyone playing them is getting a great schedule too. <laughs> Who knows? Southampton fits the bill in both directions. <laughs> they really do. You you like the way they're playing. You like the and you, you and you like that someone's but, playing. But them. when you see that Southampton <laughs> is next for one of your one of your other players, it's like, oh well, at least it's Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly though, I could go Bamford from Leeds. We'll see where where Rodrigo comes in as he is now signed. Uh, I could be pushed off my IU position. Ings, I probably won't get pushed off of, and Davis will probably stay there as well. So, uh, if I can, and and here's the other thing: I have three pound dollars in the bank. Okay, so there is still some money out there if I wanted to to make a move at that second striker position, and or possibly upgrade Keenan Davis. But I kind of want to save that money so I can go to, I can go from a a son 
to a maybe a Bruno Fernandez or a Sterling or a KDB. Yeah. Or Messi. <laughs> Just saying, you know, I can go from a, a Bamiang straight to Messi when thank, he comes thank in. Thank you at for acknowledging pounds. the rumors that are out there. Yeah. Um, that's great. So, anywho, I, I, hey, so 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 that's what I got. I got some money in the bank, shorty. What you drank, so I can spend that on the following week when other players now come into play. Yeah, and I, and I don't have to make no, crazy I, changes. I love. I mean, I, I feel like I've done a lot with with ninety seven dollars. I'll say. Uh, and I love this. I think just because of the upheaval that's possible where prominent discussion in the FPL community is what to do, what to do with the Manchester United and Manchester city problem starting in week two. And it, and it is really common. I think that the question will be built into your team strategy, whether you will wildcard week two or not. Like knowing that you are going to take your week one team and just say week two, I'm starting all over again because I'm going to want Manchester City and Manchester United, and I'm not starting with owning them. So now, I I mean, should we talk about that? Are you going to do that? At least twenty five percent. Wow. Okay, Dave, you are not going to do that. I don't have to do that right now. Okay. Uh, but Lord knows, with injuries and changes and other things. I wanna I wanna be in a position where I can make two transfers, maybe take a minus four going into week two. And and I'm not trying to start the season taking off minus fours, but I will probably be faced with wild card or make changes. And if I can upgrade my team in two significant spots, making two changes, spending that extra money that I got sitting on my bench, then yeah, I think I think I can possibly do that. I think it's gonna be like fifty fifty. I really, I mean, I've, I, if I don't start with at least one of the players from one of those teams that I want, it's going to be really difficult not to pull the trigger and reshape, especially if you see something, you know, depending with the, you know, with, with some of the questionable assets. Well, especially because uh, the teams with blanks in game week one have very favorable schedules with the exception of Villa. Right. I don't think. I, I mean, I just think other than a four-zero goalkeeper, I, I'm I'm really I'm I am a little surprised to see Jack Grealish at starting the season at eleven point six percent ownership. Those are those that are seems Villa fans. really high. Yeah, it, but, it is high. It is high. But with the exception of Villa, I mean, it's hard to like Dave. Dave's strategy well, was Keenan Davis. Keenan Davis makes sense well, on on price. Forward. The same yeah, with yeah, yeah, same with Nyland or even Jed Steer. I understand yep, that. Totally agree with that. But this is where, like Dave's saying, I'm going all in on game week one. Okay, fine. But then you've got three clubs with really good schedules starting their season in game week two. And unless you're going to wild card, you're not going to be able to go to those clubs very easily. Yeah. So that's – Not that's, anyway. plan for a little bit. And, again, that's why I was kind of – You saved leave, some money. Uh, I'm trying to leave a little money out there. But so, you're going to take negative points. Maybe. I might. That's how I – but I, I just – I mean, that to me is the – that's how I want to frame the discussion yep. as I go into my team. Which we'll do in just a second. But first, I want to tell our listeners how they can uh, keep following us throughout the season. And as well, I want them to know how they can join our Fantasy Premier League Mini League FPL America podcast. Throughout the season, we will post on social media. Obviously, uh, you can find our episodes there and any uh, other content that we are able to post. We're three guys who do this kind of for fun like obviously we do it seriously we take it very seriously we want to give the best advice we possibly can while entertaining the best we can that's right 
But uh, you know, we post as we're able, so you can find us on Facebook, FPL America Podcast. We're on Twitter at FPL underscore America. You can find us there. Instagram, FPL America. And, uh, of course, Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash FPL America, you will see uh, a lot of our web content. Brian has already been posting preseason columns at different positions, who you should look at, and it's Brian who's writing it. It is. You've got to read it. It's I Brian. mean, they are must they are can't misses. Even if it kills me, I'll finish these. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you know how Brian, if you know how Brian sounds on this podcast, wait till you read him in written form. The written word of Brian is is just as good. Uh, his his allusion earlier to Trent Alexander Arnold is just it made me laugh sure. out loud early in the morning in yep. my dining room with Love no one it. else around. It was outstanding. Now, of course, Patreon is a site that is set up to help you know, support to provide a forum to support people who are who are starting small enterprises and and different artistic ventures and FPL America is an artistic venture and so uh, obviously at Patreon there are also tiers where you can support us on a monthly basis you can also support us a, as a one time thing but we have chosen to use a micro donation approach this year if that's such a thing where the different tiers it's just 1 2 and 3 dollars cuz we know money's tight for everybody of course and uh, at the same time we know that you know this this small little thing is you know it, it's you know I mean we're not going to charge more than what you can get ESPN Plus for. We're not we're not we're not trying to pay the bills with it. No, that's right. Just we're trying, trying to, to pay, buy the bourbon. pay fees. Buy the bourbon. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. No, it's, it's exactly right. It's, there is a little bit of an expense to having a podcast, there even is. though it's not not too significant. So yeah, that's exactly right. Cover the expenses, and if we can buy some bourbon occasionally with it, why not? I hope that you'll uh, allow us that. So one, two, and three dollar tiers is what you'll find there, uh, and we've named those tiers after different segments on our podcast. Which, if you keep listening to FPL America throughout the season, you will hear those segments on a regular basis. And uh, Brian, you have just set up our league for the new season. That's right. Patreon supporters do join our what we call our mini mini league. Which is named after uh, it. Well, it's named in honor of Louis Van Gaal. Is that correct? That is exactly right, and it will never change as long as I'm administrating this league. <laughs> what is this world twisted? Yes, is the name of that league. So, if you join us uh, as a as a, a a member or a patron on Patreon, you can still get in on that here as we start the new season and join our mini mini league. That also gives you additional access, which you'll see at Patreon.com/slash/FPLAmerica. Enough for the plugs, Brian. How can any of our listeners just go ahead and join our FPL America podcast for free? I could put it to a vote to change the mini mini league to "In What For World We Live," the other famous part of the Louis Van Gaal. Uh, quotes. We've, we've gone there in the past. The FPL America podcast, if you would like to join, is uh, using the league code MGA6QP. That is Mike Golf Alpha 6 Quebec Papa. Good job. Legit Thank you. military alphabet there. And we will post that at Patreon. This podcast is not a military <laughs> podcast. It's, it's Just not. want to be very clear that yes. we are not... We do not use the alphabet code uh, in any other way than this. Okay. That, that felt like an unnecessary disclaimer, but okay. Very sure. good. Very Just good. want to be clear. Just we're we, out there. We will post that code at FPL, uh, at our FPL America page on Patreon. So patreon.com slash FPL America. If you're driving or you can't, couldn't write that down when uh, Brian was spelling that out for you so eloquently. Maybe we will use it more. We will post You're right. That was a pointless there. disclaimer. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> 
right, Brian, we're gonna keep the uh, we're gonna keep the ball with you right now. We're gonna turn it over to you and your lineup. Walk us through your strategy for your lineup as it stands right so now. So as it stands right now, like I said, uh, I think everyone is kicking around the strategy of whether or not to wild card immediately upon the return of Manchester's to selection. Okay. Choice. So where do you stand on that? Right now, I I own the only player that I own that is somebody that I enjoy, like would want to have long term here, like that is not going to play week one is Charlie Taylor from Burnley. Okay. Anyone else? So you know that uh, Keenan Davis is currently in my team too, but that's a, a week one. That and you know, you we, feel as we talked about that, it's just that is just for cheap third. Taylor starting. For, is that you, you Char- feel good about that? Charlie Taylor, yes. The so. Well, let me start with the goalkeepers, and we'll get to okay, him in right. a second. So right now, it's the same same as you, I, I think, Scott, which is Alex McCarthy as a goalkeeper to start. You don't have him? Did you have him? I do. I don't know we, how you We're not allowed to talk about his lineup yet. Yeah. Because no, it's just not, it's not my that, turn. It's not that, my turn. It's the, the, the question is, is it Matt Ryan or, or Alex McCarthy? If you're, if you're not going to start with one of the five-and-a-half guys – uh, so McCarthy right now for my money is is my starter, and then Nyland is my uh, is, is he, my Nyland's backup. in the buttonhole. So yes, he so, is. So we're even up right there. Yes. So we okay. are the same, Dave. Also interesting. Um, I I do really like. I mean, something that I argued, you know, in a in the in an article is that I'm surprised that Casper Schmeichel and Rui Patricio aren't owned a little more. I wish I I'm surprised it's not a little higher because I feel like they're at least through the first seven weeks, both have really overall good schedules. So okay. those are those are two guys that I really like. Uh, no one here going with Pope to start with, and starting Alex McCarthy. Did you hack my account? How do you know that I have Alex McCarthy as my starting keeper? I think you. I think you said this last week. Oh, I feel okay. like you might have said it. My before. mistake. I forgot. So I'm not. I, yeah, I listened to that part of the thing you said. I shouldn't drink bourbon. It's a first. So I what, I, what I'm saying is, so Nick Pope is not that that the Nick Pope train is not derailing at all. It's twenty. He's the most owned goalkeeper to start the season. Does that? I, I, just can I throw that out as a question? What, of what was why? the number? What number? Twenty three point eight percent of nearly two million who are okay. currently in the game. So I would ask the twenty three point eight percent those who are listening to this. If you're part of that percentage, who's your backup? Or are you just taking a zero for game week one? Well, okay, and great question. My my response, Brian, is I'm looking at the first two weeks. And so I don't want Pope the first two weeks. He doesn't play the week one. They play at Leicester week two. So it's it's a not a great matchup. It's an okay matchup. But Leicester at home plays well. So week three, and from then on, Burnley's schedule is fabulous. So, yeah. I, and who knows? I, I think you're right. Charlie Taylor, a 4-5, assuming he's starting. Do I like him better than a Luke Ayling or a Walker Peters in my lineup? Yeah, maybe. I mean, right. that's a good look. But I, but for the first, if I'm managing for the first two weeks, I'm not going to have him in. So I did the same thing. Uh, I did the same thing that you did, Dave, for now, I, although I've gone back and forth with depending on point five. So it's Alexander-Arnold and Bellerin right now. And you Bell- have that too? Yeah, and Bellerin was in there, this but awesome. well, no, the, and but I want everyone to know. Literally, we didn't, we didn't no, talk about no this. One, no, and the and it's. I mean, I said like you can find it. It's 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 published. I, I Bellerin is a is consistent. I think there's he's a he did play well towards the end of the season. I think yeah. once he got 
played himself into shape after he recovered from an injury. He was, you know, he was very useful with the rest of the uh, Emiliano Martinez-led Arsenal defense. I I like Tierney better, but I think I, just the way my team is set up now, I don't have the extra point five. I have spent a full one hundred. Wow. On my okay, team. so so you are planning on wild carding. Well, no, and so th- there's there you'll see there's room to there's room to maneuver here. So what right now it's Bellerin. I I would prefer having Tierney of the Arsenal defenders. Okay. If it was if it was up to me. After that, so I said Charlie Taylor. Yes, Dave, I think Charlie Taylor comes right back in to start again. Last season to start, he was not healthy. Eric Peters was the guy. Charlie Taylor played through the entire rest of the season until he blew a hammy in week 37 or whatever it was. So Charlie Taylor, there's no reason why he won't be back in by week two, at least as I've seen. Uh, My fourth guy right now is James Justin from Leicester. Okay. Uh, so James Justin, we saw him a little bit at the end of last season. Chil- we saw Chilwell, him. Chilwell's gone now. He's ben at Chilwell's, Chelsea. Well, he, and he was playing in place of Ricardo Pereira. Okay, so I'm, I'm, in my face, he was on the other side regardless, right? But James Justin, to me, like, I, I wish Ricardo Pereira was healthy to start the season. To, there was, basically it was Marcus Alonso, Ricardo Pereira, and Daugherty. As defender, attacking defenders last season. Brian has a soccer crush on Ricardo Pereira. Ricardo Pereira, I, I, I love him just below as much as I love my own children. <laughs> uh, but no, Ricardo Pereira doesn't see, like right now, his projected return date is the beginning of October. Yeah. And um, They're scheduled. Duncan Ferguson, Alex Richardson, what's the, <laughs> what's the guy's <laughs> name? What's their manager's name? Brendan Rogers. Brendan Rogers. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Brendan Rogers. Can you you can edit straight no, to where that stays? No, no. You, Duncan Ferguson. I'm just saying stays. Brendan Rogers Duncan. has suggested that he might not be ready until possibly after the. Is it the? I think it's the third international break. There's one in no. There's one each month. September, yeah, October, so I November. think it's not until November. And I, would, and I would just think even, so depending on how soon he returns, James Justin has no competition and yeah. did well in that spot. And again, I think the, other than Manchester City in the first seven weeks, okay. Leicester's schedule, is, Leicester's schedule right. is really good. Yeah, so, James Justin is, I get it. I totally get it, and I can't argue with it. I've, I've looked at him longingly myself. So times. Uh, he's there. And then my fifth uh, defender, you guys are not going to be surprised by this, but you will be surprised Martin by Kelly. this. Martin <laughs> 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 No, not Martin Kelly. Inside joke for last season's listeners. And it is not uh, Yannick Vestergaard either. Mm. Same inside joke. It is Ben Johnson. Uh, West right, Ham. Right back West Ham defender. Um who is owned three point one percent? I'm surprised it's I'm surprised it's that high, and I think it'll come up because. But wait a minute, West Ham schedule. West Ham schedule is good. terrible. It's but the worst. I don't need my fifth defender to okay, have a good enough. schedule. Well, then why own a, then own a defender that doesn't have so bad of a schedule? Well, so the the popular choice up to this point in the early preseason has been Nathan Ferguson. I couldn't remember his first name. Nathan Ferguson from Crystal Palace. Right, but he's injured. 
he has a red triangle. Roy Hodgson is saying that he's seen him. He said it this week. He said, I've seen him doing individual drills, and he looks fine to me. So, Roy, it seems more like this is a very, very much a protective move on their part, it's and the physio's part. Sounds just, like a lack of injury protocol to me. Mm, just to say, like we don't want to throw him back into first team training if it, there really is an injury issue. We want to make sure he's fully recovered. There's no, there's no reason to take a chance with him at the in the preseason in in training or whatever they're doing. So Ferguson's, I think his ownership has dropped a little bit. Ben Johnson is all he has to do is beat Ryan Fredericks to the right back position. Will Fredericks was Fredericks was Fredericks okay. was your boy. Fredericks was okay last season, but most West Ham fans, I think, when they played Manchester United last season, I think that was the moment that most West Ham fans saw Ben Johnson and said he he kind of put Marcus Rashford in his pocket. Is so Ben I, Johnson 4-0? He is 4-0. Okay. At 4-0, so, so I can't argue with that. Right. right. So okay. that is the only reason why – that's the reason why, to me, once West Ham is through the brutal part of their schedule, then I like what West Ham gave last season. Defensively, you know, defensively they're not going to be great. But Ryan Fredericks, when they had good matchups, Ryan Fredericks was very much a useful asset last season. So Okay. Anyway. All right. Just want to throw the name out there too that Ben Johnson good. can easily compete with Nathan Ferguson as your 4-0 fifth defender. And breaking news, Nathan might not be as bad. Nathan off Ferguson, according to Roy Hodgson, might not be as red triangle injured <laughs> as it seems. Shocker. Anyways. In my midfield, it's pretty standard from what you said, Dave. I don't know how you don't have a Bamiang and Salah. Although I want my midfield to be Aubameyang, Salah, Mane, Son, and then a $1 midfielder <laughs> is what I want it to be. Sure. Is there a $1 midfielder available? Sure. sure. Now, I wish I, I could leave it blank. Yeah. Aubameyang for two weeks at least, and then even then. He's Aubameyang. It's Aubameyang. Yeah, he's he's a little bit schedule proof. Who, like City is schedule proof. Liverpool. I, is I know the proof. talk is for most people to say I'm gonna I'm going to swap him out for KDB or Sterling or, or some Messi. or or yeah. Bruno Fernandez. Stop yes, or with the Messi. <laughs> In week three, once their schedule gets bad, but it's Aubameyang. Who's going to take penalties for Arsenal? Last time I checked, it's going to be him. Right. So, and offensively, are they going to be? Better this season, Dave? Yeah. yeah. Defensively, are they going to be tighter than they were yeah, last should, season? They should be. There's not a lot of room to go down for him. Right. Right, right. So I don't know that you – to me, I feel like you want to make whatever possible way you can to keep him as yeah. much as you can for Probably. the season. Salah and Mane, you know, like I said, I especially look at the schedule for Liverpool. Tell me what is wrong. What week do you look at it and say, yeah, that's not a great stretch? They play at Stanford Bridge in week two, but that hasn't Who cares? Yeah, that hasn't been an issue for them. Why is that red? (laughs) Because it's at Stanford Bridge. That's stupid. It doesn't make sense. It's not a red matchup. And then they play at City in game week eight. Eight. Home to Sheffield is a worse matchup than at Chelsea. That is worse for... 
the Liverpool attack. There, even it, then, them playing exactly. home to Arsenal I, is a tough match. As we're, we're right. going to see, today. Dave, you don't get an Arsenal moment on this episode. <laughs> okay, right. I, I just, I to me, every matchup for Liverpool is right, a, so is a is green, green matchup. So you I, said, I don't know. I, hold on, hold on. So you said Aubameyang and Salah. Yeah, but I. And then who? Have you gotten anyone so, and else? And then Son was going to be my other okay, was so, going to be my okay. other name. Man, we have really similar teams. Right. This is and this is a problem for the sake of making decisions. This is a problem for, this for you. Po- it's a problem for this podcast, is what it is. <laughs> no, like there isn't anyone more trustworthy at the be- in the, these early phases than these names, and that's uh-huh. the thing. Uh-huh. I, I I don't as much as I, so my fourth guy, and this is exactly why I'm saying there's room to move here. I current like like just to get the league started, <laughs> Hakeem Zayek from Chelsea from Chelsea, and it's with the thought that so one of the strategy things I think is is important this season that I agree with that is available out there to find having players at various price levels. So I want to have I, I you want to have the flexibility in the midfield, especially because of how expensive people are, if you want to move Aubameyang to Sterling, no one's going to, no one is going to, to begrudge you that. I don't yeah. think that, that is not, that's not a bad move. And that's, what's the price difference on that? It's point, you know, it's point five. Yeah. It's not a ton, but if you wanted to go to KDB, same thing, 0.5. If you wanted to drop to Bruno Fernandez, that's 1.5. So the flexibility to move to one of those other guys, you can't it's much more it's much more difficult to come up to that. You guys know this. Yeah. So if Sun is my most expensive midfielder and I want to go to Sterling, where am I gonna where am I gonna find a pound and or two and a half pounds? Yeah. That's a lot of money. So Positional flexibility and the and the medium price those those upper middle class midfielders the Suns the Ziak the Pulisic when he's healthy again everyone is going to I think want Pulisic whenever he's healthy again. One of my issues with my current team is I don't have any Chelsea players. I oftentimes I, I hate Chelsea as a club fantasy wise. I think they have massive significance in their defense, in midfield, and striker Timo Werner. Uh, Scored 27 seconds into hit their preseason match today. It's like, I'm sorry. Are you coming around on Chelsea all of a sudden? No, 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 no. Okay, How? so I don't like them as a football club, uh, as a fantasy talent. Just like last wait, wait, wait. year. Last time, last you Hold said Timo. Who? I know. In our other episode. I know, and I probably yeah. No, I know that there was some tongue in cheek there. Oh, I don't think so. Man, like I I'm looking at it. I'm like, table. oh man. No, but here's the thing. Chelsea have. 26 players available for selection legitimately in their squad. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, Pep Roulette is Frank Roulette. So, uh, I would think you can't touch a goalkeeper. Uh, In defense... Just ever? You can't touch a goalkeeper? You cannot touch a Chelsea goalkeeper. Uh, Thiago Silva... Overrated. So, when he gets there, though, he, he is not Andreas Christensen... Or uh, or, or Antonio Silva. Rudiger, he is not. He is not. He to me, he is a. You could at least, on the grounds that you know he's starting, own him. 
And, Chil- and Chilwell will have better impact on. Chelsea well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Thiago so, Silva. so Ben Chilwell, I would say, if Ben Chilwell was healthy, I would say he is a guaranteed starter, and you would be able to slot him in immediately. But he has a bad heel, and there is rumor out there that Chelsea could back out of this deal because of his bad because heel. If he gets a bad, if if when he gets a you know if health wise, if they look at it and say. This is going to cost us an extra three weeks or whatever. If he can't start until week six, then there's talk that they might rethink this. Wow. Because they're already, the potential is they're losing him in preseason training. If they say the, the injury is going to take an additional, like if it's six, a six-week injury, then that means he's not training until, basically until week, he's not training until week three which would yeah. be pro- you presume another three weeks until he's actually playing. So you're right. not you're t- you're talking about week six of the actual season of seeing Ben Showell, and that seems like that's an actual problem for Chelsea. The other side, like I said, Reese James and Cesar Azpilicueta. I don't know how they minimum don't rotate. I don't see how they can unless Chelsea decide to play a back three like they did sometimes last season with with Azpilicueta as one of the. As a what functionally as a central defender and Reese James playing further up as a as a like a wing a right wing back is that the position is that sure, what they would yeah, call it that works no but just playing as a midfielder it's just it, there's just no certainty and then the midfield is I feel like is even worse the one guy who is protected I think is Pulisic well yeah, but yet yeah, you have a Chelsea midfielder that you started this conversation with in your fantasy lineup the guy who I would of, of the Chelsea midfielders that I wish I could trust the most I think it would be Mason Mount okay I, I think Mason Mount is the guy I think he started last season really well um I seven pounds is a he is tasty price. he is seven pounds uh something that I didn't realize Mason Mount he ranked seventh Overall, last season for shots for all midfielders, I, I to me I, I think his name and I, I just I, I guess I just don't think that he was that prolific. Mm. I'm just thinking that Ziyech is is he's high profile. He's coming in. They already have to do something about the missing Pulisic side. Mason Mount can play all over the place, and he is capable of playing on the wing. He's capable of playing as a defensive midfielder. What I'm saying is. I I like that. So wait, do you have Zayek or do you have Mount? I have Zayek. I'm saying that. <laughs> okay. What, it sounds to me like you should have Mason Mount in your lineup. You sold me on Mount. <laughs> should we just start <laughs> this? Should we start no, this over? Yeah. No, no. What I'm saying is no. But Zayek is coming in as a he. He is gonna. He can take free kicks. I think will you know losing William for that? Yeah. Uh, you know he okay. he can at least compete. I'm just saying this is a guy at eight pounds gives you a lot of flexibility to move. To move down, uh, I, and and with Chelsea's schedule, like I, I'm gonna get, I, I, I will also say I have Werner in my team okay. to start with. Oh, and we haven't got there yet. Real quick, right. before you get there, just want to throw this out: the lineups just came out for the Arsenal Liverpool match. A few surprising things. Okay, Trent Alexander Arnold isn't in in this team. He's still recovering, so he has I, a minor knock. I'm just throwing that out there. Nico Williams, who is four zero, now is okay. No, Look, I'm just saying for week one. If we're nah, looking at week one, will TAA be yes, ready yes, yes, two yes. weeks from now? Yes. Okay. I, look, I'm investing a ton of money in there. I just want to know, Scott. <laughs> I understand. Don't look at me like I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just answering your question. Jordan it's... Henderson, not in the team. Clearly he, it's possible. He's not back yet, I guess. 
He's not, not fantasy not the, relevant. He's anymore. not fantasy relevant, yep. so I don't think it's a big deal. Okay, let's get to the Arsenal side of things. There's some interesting things. Alexander Lacazette not in the team, rumored to possibly being transferred out. Mm. Now, I don't know how heavy. It, again, rumors are rumors. He's not injured. That's not shocking based on the he, way he's, he's not he's, injured. He was used last year. Yeah, the biggest shock here for me is Emilio Martinez in goal. Oh yeah. So <laughs> also, Mikel Arteta is. Also, I don't know if Arteta's like showcasing guys he wants no, this, to sell. Maybe this. I don't know because all the rumors the, that we're hearing. The pep influence. In God time. bless all the rumors that I'm hearing are like, if it was me, Scott, you and I both feel the same way. Brian probably too. If it's me and I got to choose between Martinez and Leno, I'm choosing Martinez. I want Martinez. Okay. I want him to be such a clear number one for Arsenal that he's my starting keeper in my fantasy lineup. Yeah, I was gonna say if if there's any sense, and this is that this helps clear things up, does it? A to little. You? I don't know because because here's the other thing. Rob Holding has been rumored to be sold to Newcastle. Guess who's starting today? Fucking Rob Holding. He and Louise are the starting center backs. Yeah. Okay. With with Tyranny and Maitland Niles again. Now listen, Maitland Niles had a heck of a restart, right? So he worked his way into a starting position in the restart. So I I just don't understand. There's multiple guys rumored to being sold, and it seems like either Arteta's saying those rumors aren't true, or hey, this is what we got. You like it, come buy it. I am I thought this was gonna help clear things up. Now I'm not sure, Scott. Yeah, no, it muddies the waters even more. Uh, Inkedia up top is Inkedia, uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, and Saka. So those those are your your top three up top. Inkedia probably playing through the middle. That's you know I I don't know I, I don't love that, but look, Inkedia has has played well uh, moving forward. Um, and then in front of the defense is Jaka and Elneny, and I don't think Elneny is going to be there. But there's some – Ceballos might be sold on. I'm telling you, Arsenal's doing some work in there. I think they're heavy on party coming in. They really are going to sell Danny Ceballos? No. I'm so so he was on loan. So oh, oh, oh. the rumor is – and I don't know what the writing on the wall is, but the rumor is that he has said that he wants – Ceballos wants to go to Real Betis instead of doing a permanent loan or making it permanent at Arsenal. So Dave's done it again. I have turned this, this into an Arsenal, Arsenal moment. Brian, yes. you were well, in the middle of talking about the wrong Chelsea I completely midfield. hijack things again. That's right. what I do. Well, look, if Emiliano Martinez, if you find out that he's the starting goalkeeper for, and you're for starting Arsenal, him, then Emiliano Martinez immediately becomes a an option. You, no, not just an option. I think he, Almost he's, a must. He's, the number one, he's the number one goalkeeper. There's no reason not to make him... Uh, yeah, you're, you could shocked. have him as I'm a number one goalkeeper, and have you could then spend nine pounds on two four and a half useful goalkeepers and just rotate. I again, not to surprise anyone, I follow everything Arsenal. I literally am shocked that he's starting. Today. I thought Ainsley Maitland Niles was on his way to Wolves. Apparently, that that bid was rejected, and Ainsley Maitland Niles is still a, is still a gunner, and that probably helps make things even and a lot more of unclear. People love him. So, I, anyways, I'm just saying like this. These are all things, I, I mean, two weeks, will they be cleared up? I don't know. Maybe. This definitely seems to muddy the waters, and I thought this would make it more clear. Awesome. As far as Chelsea Brian, is give me your as far as Chelsea as is concerned, well, my last, my last midfielder for now okay. is Thomas Socek from West Ham. Oh, come on. Yes. So, well, look, I'm just saying. How would you not, right, You have Brian? two hammers. Yeah, I have two hammers. Uh, the, again, this is more you of a... You said you were a Blades fan now. Scott, but it's it obvious. But it seems to me like the hammers are in his heart. Isn't it obvious? He's there. 
He's a well, hammer. He's always yeah. been a hammer. Yeah. Look, it could be Sander Berga. It could be my fifth midfielder. <laughs> but I I don't know how he's not. How is he going to fit in here? No, he, he can't, wrote he right. Can't you can't. Be your it, fifth I midfielder. don't think it can be him. Yeah. Uh, Socek, in the matches that he played last season, he was one of the most prolific yes, he midfielders yes, he of anyone. And there isn't another guy in his price range that's even close. No, in reality, there are a lot of people who are saying very like they're starting their season with Socek. You are not alone in that. By any means. Right, so I it's not, it has everything to do with what he did in terms of production, and his price stayed the same. It stayed the same. I, I mean, or he went up 0.5. I mean, but either way, but is now the time to have him? No, I mean, I'm, well, are we, you okay sure, we, with having two hammers on your bench collecting zeros and ones during this murderous stretch of eight game weeks? The only other the see, and this is exactly why I'm saying if I if Ziek could be Mason Mount. That's an extra dollar. There's yeah. an extra pound there to to make. Or if it's uh, if there's someone if it's Mason Greenwood, say if it's Ziek to Mason Greenwood, that's point five. So check becomes Alan Saint Maximin. So this is a this is a that's the move, right? So there is some shuffling that is available here. The thing is, I you know, I I could do that. I could that do that to start the season. Just bench Mason Greenwood. Make Saint Maximin my my fourth, what would be my fifth midfielder, and play him in week yeah. one. Yeah, I there's like some you. there's some shuffling that can happen here. Forwards, like I said, Keenan Davis as uh, as a no one. Werner right, is my right. most expensive striker, and then uh, right now number two is uh, Mitrovic. Okay, so I do so have him. Werner, Mitrovic, Davis, Keenan Davis. Okay, um, and like I said, I think. It's really difficult. One of the other options would be uh, the temptation of Harry Kane instead of Son. Somehow making Son a much cheaper person. Okay. And and trying and to get to that money. next. Well, trying to get to so, that next level of striker, uh, like a guy who look something that I. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Last season, through the first twenty weeks of the season, basically. There were so many forwards that were the top scoring players through the fir- through the first 20 me- 20 weeks and you know who striker A is on that list Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy scored 144 points through the first 20 weeks of last season. Far and away the most useful consistent player of all players. He outscored every other player through the first 20 weeks of the season. You had, you know, Sergio Aguero was amazing. Tammy Abraham, you had so much value. Aubameyang was excellent through most of the through most of the season last season. You remember Timu Puki was was amazing. You just had so many players uh, who were forwards who started the beginning of last season really strong. Yeah. By the end of the season, the list is primarily midfielders and the higher-scoring defenders. Right. So the forwards dropped way off. And you're saying to start the season, that yeah. don't, don't fall into the trap of completely going maybe a 100% discount strike. I'm just saying, like, we remember last season, all of the money moved to the back. Everyone was throwing all of their money at defenders, and the, the obvious strategy at the, in the beginning of last season was in front. Now, you know, all of the money is moving to the midfield, and I just think, is Jamie Vardy being... 
overlooked maybe a little bit as a guy because of the Werners, because there's other, you know, because Jimenez and Ings were so good at the end of last season. I just feel like the really consistent guys, what did, what's different about them? What, what changed? One Nothing. Thing, one thing is certain. I don't know that there's another player in the league for whom form is as significant as it is for Jamie Vardy. If Jamie Vardy scores a goal, that's one player whose goal I will chase with my fantasy lineup, get him in, because he might score six in a row after that. So I, I get it, but I, I'm not... I I am not there with uh, spending ten pounds at forward. Right, and I and I understand that it's it's really expensive, and I guess it makes sense. You know, Vardy is the seventh; he's seventh most owned as forwards go to start the season. And I I just look at you look at Leicester's schedule: West Brom and Burnley. The first two weeks they get Burnley at home. Manchester City. Since when is that when is that a problem for him? Is was playing Manchester City a problem for Jamie Vardy? It's not great. So that I think that's the one week you look at in the beginning of the season where you're like, all right, his I, counterattacking I, ability and, and you know the the way he is able to score those goals. Uh, who like who is he not a goal threat against? Right, and then and then like I said, through week seven, you get Hammers, Villa at Arsenal at Leeds. I, what what is wrong with Leicester's schedule through the first seven weeks except? Manchester City. Six of seven sure. matches to start the season are very good for Leicester. I, I just want to, again, say. All right. Well, I like how some of the strategy is the same, but it was employed in a different way. Dave, you saved some money, even though you were thinking about game week one. Because you, you are actually thinking about the future as well. And I, it, love the, with that I love that flexibility. Having three pounds with a team that's useful going into week two is really good. The problem is you're going you're gonna, to... Cost yourself some points. Well, I'm nervous by I mean, spending some money. I mean, he's got Werner and 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 Mitrovic starting right, and so I'm I'm hearing that, and I'm like, man, that's where he, that's where he's spending his extra money. That's not a that bad I, that starting. I'm not spending. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, no, like I, he's got me thinking twice about it. I'm I'm not changing now, but you know, it is what it is. So. Yeah. And Brian, you know, it's a little bit different. He's got a useful team for game week one, but. <laughs> The old man's getting his coffee yeah, over there. I'm, sh- I'm just shocked. But I am, I am shocked. We literally never talked about either one of our teams going into today, yet they are eerily similar. Uh, Brian well, definitely having the advantage uh, in, the, at the, in the striker position. Obviously, that's where that money went. So, Well, it's not going to shock you to know that there's some overlap with my squad. Okay, well, here we go. Let's dive into it. Before we dive into it, I want to go through something else I've prepared for this episode. So, is this okay? You know, this uh, this is a little bit of a segment, a little bit of a thing. Okay, we do this every once in a while. We sprinkle in some some fun into the midst of the uh, the content that we have. This is actually a little bit of both. So, you guys know, last season we started a new segment on this podcast. Uh, It all came about because we recognized and constantly were asking questions about what the masses were doing. Oh, yeah, right? the dumb mass move of the week. The masses are dumb, and so we created the dumb mass move of the week. Love this segment. Well, I have eight things that I have noticed in preseason that make me ask the question, why? Okay. So this is my preseason version, of... eight-part eight version of the dumb mass wow. move of the week. Okay, so great. eight questions, all of them, why? Number one, why are at probably... Assuming that there that no one is is owning both, I, there's there's an assumption in this first question that no one's owning both. But 
You have Lino at 6.6% ownership and Emiliano Martinez at 5.0. Now, we both said, Dave, we would jump on Martinez if we knew he was starting. But why are nearly 12% combined owning these two guys when you don't know who's starting which match for them? Well, they're owning both. I mean, there, there was, my first version of my team did have both because I didn't know who but was going to start. But then my follow-up why is why would you invest that much money, well, nine so and a half pounds, if in you're, your goalkeeper? If you're just looking for the first two weeks and then you're considering wildcarding, let's be honest, usually during the, during the regular – in years past, by the time the first international break comes, after the first couple weeks of you – know, like you're ready to wildcard because things are way more clear than they were to start the season. So I think that's probably what some people are just thinking about is I'm going to be ready to wildcard – Lord knows what I'm going to do with United and City players anyways. So I'm just going to commit to the first couple weeks, and I don't know who's starting, but I want, I want whoever is starting. That's what, that's, what, that's what those numbers say. Speaking of Manchester City, here's my second why question. Why is KDB owned by seven times more people than Raheem Sterling? KDB's up at like 38%. Raheem Sterling's under five, I think, right now as we okay. record. That is a significant difference between two city midfielders who are priced the same. I would rather – I mean, well, look. So here's the deal, right? So KDB greatly outscored Sterling last year. But, but Ster- seven times more Sterling ownership? Sterling owned the restart, right? I mean, Sterling Sterling kind of crushed through. In the restart, the only – yeah, the only players who could compete with Raheem Sterling were Anthony Martial and Bruno Fernandez. Okay. So – yeah, there seventy six points from week week thirty one to week thirty eight for Anthony Martial and Raheem Sterling. I yeah, I, and and you remember that in the very last match of the season, every everyone was trying to have Sterling, and it was KDB who ends up. Oh, I know being the star of week thirty eight. I triple captained right. Sterling instead of KDB. Right, brutal. Why question number three? You mentioned you have Dale Stevens sitting at the end of your midfield bench. Yes, Dave. Why do 15% of FPL owners agree with that? Dale Stevens at 15% well, because ownership? He, well, okay, because everyone's looking for a fifth midfielder that they're not going to play because they're investing those monies in the other Well, I disagree with places. that strategy okay, entirely. We'll enough. get to that in a second. Fair enough. So, and then also, he's someone who has played before. He had like 63 or, or some points last season. He's played before. So he has the potential to play. And it's something. Yeah, but uh, was it half a pound less? You can get Thomas Socek. And half he's going to probably. More. Is Socek half a pound five more? Yeah, he's 5 oh, oh, He's a 4 5. I don't know. I don't love it. But anyway, that's if, fine. 15% if, agree with you, Dave. So uh, that says something. The, the diff- I don't think that the gap should be 8% more between. I don't think it should be 15% for Stevens and, and 8% for Socek. Yeah, that's, I agree. It's crazy. Uh, why is Mo Salah. Owned three times more than Sadio Mane. Well, again, because of the same price. In the past, Mane's ownership, the appeal is because he's been priced at a lesser price point. Yeah. They're the same now. If you look back, Salah, there's not a year that Mane has outscored Salah. So if they're not at the same price, give me the guy who scores more points. Okay. And I, for me, that it seems simple. Aaron Ramsdale has signed with Sheffield United. Yeah, and, and that's interesting. The that. pundits have jumped all over. You should own Aaron Ramsdale, but why? 
Does Aaron Ramsdale well, they, it, make it's a Sheffield belief in Sheffield's defense? So Sheffield as a makes whole. Ramsdale better. Then Ramsdale would, is not going to make Sheffield worse. That's correct. I don't know that I agree with that. That's fair, but that is the thought process of any anyone any pundit going. They believe in. Does that under Does that undervalue Dean Henderson? Uh, no, but no. I mean, if anything, it speaks to Dean Henderson. How you're saying? Aaron Ramsdale is more valuable. What you're saying is um, you can you can go from Henderson to Ramsdale and and not miss a beat. As a, that's what you're saying. You're saying that it was about the defenders in front of the keeper more than it was about the keeper. It's a combo. It's that a combo. Under, it's, that it's undervalues not, Dean it's Henderson. Not, it's not all or nothing. Not for me. But I understand your point. But for me, it's not all or nothing. Ramsdale's ownership in the last seven days has doubled. Ramsdale had to have some good games <laughs> defending in front of the Bournemouth defense. Um, but look, uh, he did. Dean, Dean Henderson is a stud. So I think, I think Sheffield, I don't think Sheffield is as good at defense with Ramsdale back there as Henderson. They lose. They, they, this is a okay? loss. This is a loss for Sheffield. I will say that. I, I agree with the fact that Henderson Absolutely. better goalkeeper than Ramsdale. I don't think that Sheffield defense will be as good with Ramsdale in the goal. Is that what you wanted me to say? Yes. Okay. All right, their schedule to start the season isn't terrible for the first few weeks, though. I, I will, I will give Ramsdale owners that. My next why question: There are three Blues, three Chelsea players in double digits, and I ask why those three. Timo Werner. I understand I that one. I get that one, right? Even though he's new to the league, there's always a little iffiness there. But Timo Werner is about as sure of a thing for a new signing this summer as there is. He signed early. He he scored twenty seven seconds he's into over, this, and he's Timo Werner. Okay. Hakeem Zayek, Ziek, Zayek. Right. Number two. If only Scott. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I know you have him, Brian, but I don't understand why he's doubled. He's like 22% owned. I'm saying I don't really understand why <laughs> I, I know. have him. I, you sold I, I, us. Look, I, look, I am saying there's like I, there cannot be a bigger question about who's going to shake out where than in Chelsea, and especially the Chelsea midfield now. Continue. No, I agree. And Mason Mount's the third one, which is the guy you really tried to sell us on. He just he just went up over ten percent with his ownership. It's interesting to me that those are the three guys. I get why it's attacking players as opposed to defense and goalkeeper, but I don't know if I agree with those three guys being the three. Mason Mount had what? I think he had seven or eight goals. I think he had maybe Early. eight goals for the for overall for Chelsea on the season. Six assists. And weren't almost all of them early. Right. He the was season. he yeah. was one of the best value players and one of the best overall scoring players to start the season. And then it, so you're hoping then, he's the anti. And then King. drifted. The issue is like he's saying, I know I need to add more scoring to what I what I produced last season. The issue is now the competition is interchangeable so, parts, and he is the interchangeable part. So on one hand, he is a trust. He was one of Lampard's trustworthy players last season, but he can play all over the place. So he, you might not be able to. He might not be able just by position to duplicate what he did, and then he has players who, you know, he it's it's competition, and I really it's yeah. Enough about Scott, Chelsea. are we to your lineup yet? Nope. Couple more. Alexander Mitrovic. Should his ownership be thirty percent? No. Why is it thirty percent? Uh, it seems high, but he has proven that he can at least get you twelve goals, and he's cheaper. So you better hope it's thirteen, because we have our first bet of the season well, is that sure. he's getting the thirteen. I, I was trying to be conservative there, I think but it'll be thirteen. The price. <laughs> I mean, that price. I, that's. It's so hard to to yeah, look at a guy like that who you've already seen. 
And then, if hey, if Burnley was starting the season, if they had a match week one, I would totally agree with Nick Pope being, and he should be maybe owned more. Chris Wood is a half pound more than, than Mitrovic, Mitrovic yeah. and I feel like I, I would try to make that move as fast as possible sure. if that was my decision. But last, but certainly not least, we talked already about how. John Lord Lundstrom is moving into the midfield, which reduces his value in fantasy, but he's still owned by more than 12, almost 13% of owners. Is there they don't a, know what they're doing. Is right? there a more, uh, is there a pick that's more based on nostalgia than that? <laughs> that's a valid question. Can I? What is Sir Yunger's ownership? It's Brian? 10.5%. I get that. I'm one. adding, no. Why? Why not? Because he's 5. Five. Yeah. That's absurd. There's, other, there's better 5.5 guys. Why in the world would anyone choose him of the Leicester defenders? He doesn't do anything. Hey, let's just hope that they all join the FPL America podcast mini league. Uh, sure. And then we'll feel good about our I chances. I am forcing that onto your list of why because <laughs> it right, makes there. zero sense. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> I, I do not understand that at all. Very good. All right, what is your team? All right, my team. We'll wrap up this episode Finally. with my team. Hey, Jeez. those were valuable questions. They to were, ask. but I just want to get to your team. All right. Fine. So we are unanimous in our goalkeeper selections. You can't ignore Alex McCarthy's schedule. Okay. And the possibility of Neyland being a, a valuable I backup am keeper. I'm sort of disappointed that we all have the same. Hey, well, wait a second. Why not Matt Ryan? I, w- I thought I, I'm not saying it because I want to I, because I'm argumentative. I just want to know Matt Ryan is an equally chosen guy and actually more cho- well no, he's more chosen. He's owned 4% more and they start by playing Chelsea at home. What is anyone thinking other than boy I hope he gets eight saves in ma- in week 1. <laughs> right. And that's that's it. It's it's that week 1 opponent and I mean Brighton's schedule is it's a little it's a little tough. It's not it's not easy. I'm actually really flirting with the idea of a Brighton defender, which I'll get to in a second. Dave, before I go any further into my lineup, you you said something at the beginning of this episode that I talk about all the time. Years past, I've talked about my principles, right? My FPL principles. Sure. Um, I threw those. Well, I had a really great season. Two, two years seasons ago. That's uh, right. Yeah, two seasons ago. Yeah. Well, three seasons ago, and then the last two gotcha. seasons have been in the tank. Okay. I wonder if it's because I've changed my principles. Your principles. Interesting. But you said play to your personality, right? Yeah. My personality is to, it's a little bit more of a cautious approach. Okay. It's to go for the sure thing where I can. Yeah. So if there's a guy like two seasons ago, you know, Milivojevic for Ch- Crystal Palace was kind oh, of a geez. sure thing. Okay. Put him in, keep him there. And if he doesn't. And it keeps it easier. If he doesn't play, then. He'll come in off the bench and get a penalty kick goal anyway. It, it'll be fine. Um, you know, it's, it's, that, that's my, that's my personality. Avoid the negative fours, find some sure things wherever you can in your lineup. Try to set it and forget it as much as you can. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going back to that a little bit. I also agree with you. There's two other things. Diversification is important to me. I don't necessarily love having, you know, three guys from five clubs and that's my squad. Mm -hmm. I like to diversify unless it makes sense to match up guys in my lineup from the same club. The various price points thing is very important too. I like to have slots for guys. So 
This year, though, some of that has been shaken up by the pricing. We talked about this. Midfield is the premium position to start the season. And so I my lineup does maximize the midfield where I can, but then you have the wrinkle of the clubs not playing in game week one. So listen, I want KDB. I want Bruno Fernandez, and I'm interested in Marcus Rashford. Okay, those are guys I'm interested in my midfield. Mm-hmm. None of them are in my lineup to start the season okay. because they're not playing game week one. That's right. I d- I do have Clarets and Villains in my squad, so that I can easily go to Burnley and Aston Villa after game week one. Though okay. it's easier to have them and have them sitting on my bench. Okay, and then they're right there for game week two than it is for me to have a KDB on my bench. Sure. That, that hurts, right? Understood. So that's that's where I'm at, and that's what my lineup will reflect. Now, Dave, you had mentioned you're building for game week one. I, I have a squad that will play. I, everyone should play game week one okay. as, of, as I'm sitting here. Brian, you asked me what the percentage chance was that I would wild card after game week one. Yep. And I said 25%. If you ask me what the percentage will be after game week two, it might be better than 50%. Okay. Uh, the first, this if you look at the schedules of clubs, a lot of clubs have you know easier matchups for the first two weeks, and then it gets harder in game week three. See Arsenal, uh, or vice versa. It's harder for Wolves in the first two weeks, and then it gets really easy starting in game week three, according to the color coded chart and the matchups. So my lineup is going to reflect that. This is for the first two weeks okay. as much as anything else. Which I like that. I I'm okay not having KDB in game week two against Wolves. And then having two free transfers for game week three and maybe going to KDB and then yeah. using that other free transfer to make sure I have the money to do that move. Okay. So that's where I'm at with my lineup. I want I want to max out United. I want to have KDB. Mm-hmm. I'm even interested in Sergio Aguero if I decide to change my strategy. But as it stands right now, my money is primarily in the midfield. So I've gone with Aubameyang and I've gone with Sadio Mane. Your point about Mo Salah okay. makes me think. Okay, good. But as of now, it's Sadio Mane. He okay. had, a, I, th- I, he had, I, I liked how he finished last season. And unlike you, Dave, I think there is more carryover into the new season okay. than there's ever been before. Yeah, that's the toughest part of I, I, I that it is. It seems completely different because of the squashing together of end of last season yeah. and beginning of this season. Not necessarily that the exact form of week 37 and 38 is going to carry over to week one, but it's way different than like big rest and then guys playing themselves into shape after they're off their yacht. It just seems like it just seems like it is like it's there. It doesn't seem like there has been the opportunity to shut down in any way because the season starts in two weekends. I I, I, I totally agree. I, I think there's a lot more to take from the very end of last season. Than the ever than there was previous years. Son is also my in my squad. He's my third midfielder. My fourth midfielder is a guy neither of you mentioned. I don't dislike Lester's schedule, and I think he's pretty much guaranteed to play, which is something you can't say about Mason Mount. Mm-hmm. So I've got Harvey Barnes as my fourth midfielder. Okay. Yeah, Harvey Barnes. No, that, there's what's his price? Seven. Seven. He's the okay. same as yeah, he's the same as Mason Mount. I think that he's of the two guys. I think there's less variability in terms of attacking position. I I just think Harvey Barnes. There is only really one place that he goes. But he plays that well, and he does play it well. Where that's why I'm saying with Mount, I feel like Mount 
Mount can be moved around. And honestly, and they have if if Callum Hudson Odoi gets the start, sure. And they 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 have Ziek and Hudson Odoi with Mount playing a bit more supportive. I mean, it's going to be it's it's that that is a, a strategy that they can use. Harvey Barnes isn't going to drop back nope. further. Nope. So I I know I he's going like to clean that. up. He's going to clean yeah. up the the messes behind Vardy. And and. Honestly, Dave, that th- there's my personality. I'm going for what looks okay. like a little bit more of a sure thing, a little bit of a less risk, avoiding the Chelsea roulette in their lineup. Harvey Barnes is my personality. He's starting the season in my lineup. And okay, their schedule's good. not terrible. No. Fifth fifth midfielder, St. Maximin. Okay. Love it. Now, I am playing five midfielders game week one. Because up front, I've gone discount, but I've also gone a little bit more long-term. So Danny Ings will start the season as my one forward in my lineup. Okay. And then I do have Chris Wood. Okay. I was disappointed when you mentioned his name. I was hoping to bring him in for the first time into this oh, episode, but it's sorry. okay. It's fine. Uh, Chris I, Wood. I feel terrible now. Because, because Burnley's schedule is is not bad after the season begins. I don't mind playing Harvey Barnes and Chris Wood when Burnley play at Leicester game week two. Both of them could give returns in that match. And so I'm, I've got Chris Wood for, for game week two, and then Keenan Davis is, is obviously the, the popular discount pick. Now, in the defense, I have two strategies in mind, and I might go back and forth between them depending on how the season goes. I love your point at the beginning of this episode, Brian, about Andy Robertson and why you could easily convince yourself to go to Andy Robertson. But I do have Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. Sure. But I have, have really looked hard at whether or not I just want five – 4.5 uh, defenders. Really? I, I have honestly looked at that. Okay. I have three right now. Okay. I have Kyle Walker-Peters. I love it. I have Charlie Taylor. Okay. And then I have, it, currently it says DeAndre Yedlin, but really what that means is Newcastle defender. Um, yeah. There are a lot of 4.5 Newcastle defenders. You look at their points last year, largely because of injury, there were like nine defenders who had some fantasy points for Newcastle last year. The moment I know who is going to be playing regularly at 4.5 in the Newcastle defense, I'm I'm probably going there in that okay. position. You you can't uh, dislike a minimum as you know depending on how serious, you know, how long it takes for Jamal Lascelles to get He's back. He's 4.5. Get back to health. Yeah, I mean that's I love a, a home Newcastle game against yeah, anyone. Absolutely. Yeah. I I do like Tariq Lamptey. I just haven't like I would have to commit to the all four point five defense to go to him. Brian's yeah. schedule is kind of a yo yo in terms of difficulty. Yep. I, I figured Brian would mention Lamptey. I know he's your Look, boy. Lamptey was Lamptey was a great Center. enabler at the end of last season. You know, now that he now but now, now he joins the list of four, four and a half pound guys that are that are an option. Brian, you'll have to correct me if I'm not saying this right, but another popular pick is Ruben Vinegra at Wolves. Yeah, a massive. Now, now that Doc Doc Hurdy, massively Doc Hurdy is gone, and Johnny's hurt. Right, yep. he's so, he's the Johnny he's the yes. Johnny replacement, and Johnny has no like the timetable for Johnny is is far far away. Really? So, yeah. So Vinegra has a it's Vera a clear has, path. Vinegra is has no competition. The only issue for a minute there was will they sign Ainsley Maitland Niles? And which now it seems like that deal has been I don't know. completely rejected. Well, so unless Wolves bump the offer up. I'm telling you, I, I think Arteta literally is, is using this season, Scott, as a complete preseason game and is literally showcasing guys that he wants to sell. I Maybe. I don't know how else to look at I, I don't know. Like I 
I am so confused. I do not have Vinegar in my lineup. I'm starting because Wolves don't have a great opening schedule. Their first two matches well, are not you, great. Look, you at Sheffield, you like the defenders better than you like the attacking guys. Yeah, true. Uh, to me, that is not as red as it. To me, that is a very that. Uh, look, are you going to be but surprised then, if, but it's, then if it's City to follow? Is it nil nil to in week one? Are you maybe, surprised maybe. at all of a nil nil Wolves Sheffield opening match? I, yes, I agree. City, Brian, Brian, jumping right into City week two. I get it. Yeah, it's not City great. Week two, and I'm, then week three. Then it's West Ham, Fulham, Leeds, Newcastle, Crystal Palace. I want him in those five matches. But listen, to I'm me. saying you're not losing a lot to have Vinegra to start the season. But Regardless. why not go ahead? It's an extra right. pound. Have Kieran Tierney against yep. Fulham and West Ham. Yep. And then right and then before Arsenal plays Liverpool, Tierney turns into Vinegra for those five matches I mentioned. That is my plan. And yep. then I've got another 4.5, hopefully still 4.5 at that point. Even if he's not, I'm going down from Tierney to Vinegra right. in game week three. No, I, I definitely like that. So that's my lineup. There are guys I want that I'm I, doing that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I mean, there are other strategies that you can employ that we're not employing. You can go with Aguero and Martial. And, like, Mikael Antonio is a guy we didn't mention, mostly because West Ham's schedule is terrible. But I would love to turn Chris Wood into Mikael Antonio when the sure. schedule makes sense. Sure. Harry Kane. Like, I know. Aguero, Kane, Martial. If you went premium forward, that is a completely different strategy than what we're talking about. You're sacrificing guys like Aubameyang, KDB, and Salah to be able to do that. But that's where the differential could be, is certainly in comparison to our lineups. And, and again, we didn't go strong goalkeeper, but Nick Pope and then Allison and Ederson as premium goalkeepers. Allison and Ederson are always sure bets. But you would have to commit to that. And again, you're talking about a sacrifice somewhere else. If you're listening to this and you're like, my lineup is completely different from yours, that doesn't mean it's bad. No. It might mean your premium is somewhere else. We all have to make choices that result in sacrificing premium players at other positions. That's right. And that wrinkle of game week one and game week two, honestly, our lineups are going to look different in the first three or four game weeks than they do in what we described right now. No doubt about it. So here's it. what you have to do if you're listening to this podcast episode right now. you got to keep listening. <laughs> right. Because next week we're going to have another episode, and matches won't have been played yet. We'll have lineup changes, I'm sure, from what we've just described. There'll be new signings. There'll be guys that we need to talk about that we haven't talked about here. And then the matches will begin after that. And we will continue to put out episodes week after week as the matches are played with our analysis, with our fun segments that are sprinkled in, the things that you need to know. And, and it, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind everything's going to change the moment the matches begin. That's just how this thing goes. That's what makes it so fun. So keep listening. Subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. And then follow us on all of the socials. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. We are called FPL America. Search FPL America and find us. We're either called FPL America or FPL America Podcast in all those locations. If, if you're following us on Twitter, it's at uh, FPL underscore America. We're ready for the new season. Scott, the biggest thing people can help us out with, you got to pump our reviews. <laughs> Leave us a review. Okay. Well, we only, if the reviews. only if it's good. Only I don't care if it's bad. <laughs> I need the reviews. Oh, uh, I never get bad reviews. Someone uh, out there give me a bad review. I want it. Okay. All right, fair. We want reviews, good or bad. Uh, make that happen because that's big. That's big. We, we, I need. We need to have. If we're trying to bring people into our family, we need to have 
well, again, good or bad reviews. Listen, uh, you're going to like things that I say. You're going to hate things that Scott says. Some people Wait, will what? love things that Brian says and hate things I say. So, like, and that's the great part about it. We are three different dudes with three different opinions on things, and that's what makes, I think, us special going forward, even though a lot of our guys to start the season seem to be similar. Brian, in our final uh, moment of the pod, uh, Brian's one last thing. Are there Scott. any names we didn't say? Yeah, there's a lot of names we didn't Phil say. Phil Foden. No. Do you know how pissed Phil Foden is about the Messi rumors? Just saying. If Lionel Messi does end up in the Premier League, A, how much should he cost? B, how much does it ruin the game? <laughs> it doesn't ruin anything. It makes it more exciting. And... Uh, it's going to be wicked interesting. Should he be more or less than 15 pounds to start uh, the less, season? Less. Less. And everyone will have Why? a break point. I think that break point is 13.5. Listen, okay. he, he'll be a forward, right? No, he'll be a midfielder. I hope it's a midfielder. I, I, I would I would. If be... he's a forward, no one's going to own him. So it's got to be midfielder. I mean, if he's a forward, I would put him at you know 12, somewhere where the F, where FPL has not been afraid to put Aguero or Kane in the past when they've been at their peak. Okay. You put him at forward at 12. If he is in the midfield... I would be hard-pressed. I mean, your highest-priced midfielders are 12, right? Aubameyang is 12. Mane Saler, 12. So Minimum you know, 13. You, no, you put him at 12.5. Why? He's 13. I mean, I get it. He's messy, but I don't I, I don't think he's better than that. Right. Why, hey, you want to know why we don't know where, where he fits? It's because there's not a fantasy La Liga. I'm pretty sure there is, but not for this podcast. So let's. All right, that's all. No, that's it. Hey, listen for that. All that nonsense, and of course, me uh, getting my chance to throw a barb at La Liga for the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.